It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Gather around, Oklahoma City Thunder fans. I'm here to tell you that the 50th overall pick, Keontae Johnson, he's got the juice. All coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. we're diving into Keontae Johnson is dripping with juice for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. Did they find another two-way gym? Plus, our first roster projection since the NBA draft and ahead of free agency, and what should be the expectation for the Oklahoma City Thunder next season? Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code Locked on. All right. Keontae Johnson, 50th overall pick for the Thunder. He was 38th on my big board entering the draft. He is 6'5 or 6'6, somewhere in that range, with a seven foot wingspan, 238 pounds. This great body, great athlete. He's extremely bouncy. He can accelerate into the air quickly, uh, ascend into the air very quickly, and just hang there. Just be frozen in time. He is a fantastic cutter. He knows when to cut. He knows how to cut. So he understands when the situation calls for, hey, just float your way in there, you know, flash your way slowly to the rim, and eventually the ball will find you. And when to dart in there full head of steam. The, the timings on his leaps into the air for these lobs are phenomenal. And he can get off the floor in a hurry. He has a strong finishing portfolio. He can give you those, those massive dunks. He can finish through contact, but he can also hit you with the up fake and, and, and finish around you, have these acrobatic finishes, and then also just textbook layups. Like he does it all at the rim, which is how he shot 64% at the rim. As a cutter, Keontae Johnson put up 1.354 points per possessions. You want to look at a number that starts with a one in that category to say, oh, that's good. And then, of course, when it goes 1.3, it's really good for uh, Keontae Johnson and for you know his potential with the Thunder. He's also great in transition. He fills the lanes properly. 
He, he is great whenever he gets a rebound. He, he knows where to hit the ball ahead to next. And he can also go coast to coast. Like that's also a part of his back where he can just dribble his way to the rim and finish coast to coast. He did that against Kansas where he, he gets this rebound uh, off of a missed free throw and just goes coast to coast and finishes. Like he, he can do that. He can do that. He is a savvy basketball player. He understands what to do at all times. It always feels like Keontae Johnson's in control whenever you watch him. And then he has a, a sweet stroke. I mean, he shot 46%, 46% on catch-and-shoot looks. And so whenever you evaluate how Keontae Johnson was used at Kansas State, it's all going to sound pretty familiar to you. Kansas State had a nifty point guard who can make all the passes in the world, and Noel found him in the dunker spot as a cutter, just dumping the ball off to him after Noel penetrates toward the basket. And then those catch-and-shoot looks was from Noel just putting his head down, getting to the rack, and then dishing out whenever the defense collapses and commits to him. He dishes out to a wide-open guy at the corner, and, and boom, Kathy Johnson's there for you and knocks it down. Those are all skill sets, and those are all ways, and really the primarily and only ways that he'll be used in Oklahoma City. And he's comfortable in all of those spots, plus in transition, which is a requirement, really, for – a team that was third in the league in pace last year and is going to be running and is a young team that's built on running. It's built on positionless basketball, built on uh, grab and go style. But his success doesn't stop on the offensive end. Defensively, as an isolation defender, Keontae Johnson allowed his matchup to shoot just 30% from the floor. In overall defense, Keontae Johnson was in the 91st percentile. He is this long, lengthy guy that has the ability to just chase around players all around the court and stay connected to his matchup's hip. He would have Hall of Fame pick dodger. He would have Hall of Fame couch sitter because he can just sit in his stance and, and stay in front of you no matter what moves you try to make. And if you somehow get past him, you're not past him for long because of his great recovery skills. And he just disrupts offenses. He annoys offenses. And he brings that energy and that kind of edge to him that the Thunder look for. He's going to let you know about it whenever he deflects a pass. And even if it goes out of bounds, he's going to be clapping. He's going to be letting you know about it. I think he's going to thrive in Oklahoma City. I think not only does his skill traits, you know, his, his talents more perfectly into the Thunder style of basketball. But when you think more specifically about, you know, here's a guy that will be put in this system with these coaches, with this team identity, and you you stick him on that two-way contract, you put him with the blue to start the year, and you put him with Cam Woods, who I don't think it should be undersold at all how good Cam Woods is at developing and polishing defense and polishing players. These players have talked about Cam Woods' impact on them since he was insistent with the Thunder. And then last year with the Blue, you you, you got to truly see it. Jalen Williams does not look like the same player he did at the start of the year as opposed to what he looked like after he played with Cam Woods. Lindy Waters, same thing. Like These guys got a lot better with Cam. Eugenio Marui, shout out to him, got his contract picked up uh, yesterday. He did not look like the same player at all after playing with the Blue compared to even his previous stops. 
in the NBA. So getting that polish from a coaching staff that can develop defense, we've seen them develop defense their entire tenure here, even though uh, for a long time they were not given the, the proper tools, so to say. They still had a really good defense, and now they are getting the proper tools, the proper ingredients to, to blend together a really good defense. So Keanthe Johnson has staying power. like He has the right stuff to be one of these guys that carves out an NBA role for himself, even though he was picked 50th overall. And from everything that you've heard, you've heard from Sam since the night of the draft, all the way to the introductory press conference, like all the medical stuff checks out uh, all the other off the court diligence checks out. You know, they, they, they did their work. And as I said, on draft night, I understand the concerns on both parts off the court and also uh, with the medicals, but this organization, specifically in Oklahoma City, has earned the trust uh, 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 that they have done all their homework and that it all kind of aligns with what they with what they need to see. So I'm extremely excited about Kanthe Johnson, and 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 I think that hearing his play style and hearing uh, his good qualities will make you excited about him too. But then there's the bigger question. Okay, well, how does he play in Oklahoma City? Like, like, how does he literally get on the court? What is his future in Oklahoma City? This is a is this a roster that is that is chock full to the brim, and that already has a roster crunch entering this year. And that part of alleviating that roster crunch was the ability to trade thirty seven and then pick at fifty and put fifty on a two way deal. And it just so happened to be Kante Johnson, who's a really good player, that fell to fifty. But, but long-term, how does this even matter if they cannot find the roster spot for him? What is the pathway to minutes? What is the pathway to a roster spot for Kathy Johnson? We're going to talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Price Picks, folks. Price Picks is there for you with 100% deposit match up to $100. Use the code locked on at prizepicks.com or the Price Picks app. Folks, to me, Price Picks, it just makes watching games more fun, more exciting, because you can load up prize picks and pick two to six players and just guess will they will they score more or less than their prize pick projections. And you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There is no competing against other players. So you don't have to worry about people who study this for a living competing against you and beating up on you. It's just you versus the projections. And you can do this for any sport you watch, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men and women's college basketball, soccer, w, uh, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, w, uh, uh, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, and more. So what this is, is you can sit down tonight, watch a baseball game, and you can say, I think that Shohei Otani will have more than one and a half hits, and I think that Mike Trout will have less than two and a half hits. And if you're right, boom, you win. And there you go. So uh, you can go check it out today at prizepicks.com. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up today. And whenever you do, use the code locked on and you'll get an instant deposit match up to $100 uh, with prizepicks.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. How does Keontae Johnson get a role in Oklahoma City for a roster that is so packed full? Well, right now it's easy. Right now he's on one of the Thunder's three two-way deals, according to Sam Presti on Saturday. And admittedly, of course, the roster is crowded. So how does this move forward? How does he get a standard NBA contract? Well, the first and foremost path is this is likely going to be a multi-year two-way situation. But let's forget about that for a second, no matter what the two-way situation is for him. To me, the most likely path for him to get a standard contract. He starts on the two-way, plays the majority of the season, let's let's say up until the trade deadline. On the two-way, that's been that's been a common trend. You know, Aaron Wiggins played up until the deadline, even uh, even though uh, the Thunder knew that he was going to be on a standard deal. I, I I was saying that the whole season, where you know, yeah, the Wiggins and the Thunder, they they both knew he was going to be on a standard deal. But they, if you remember that year, they had that extra cap space that they were trying to turn into an asset, uh, so they didn't want to convert anything yet um, in, in, until the deadline. And so then he eventually gets gets converted. So I, I say that as in we've we've seen a history of waiting until the middle of the season this year, Gino and Lindy were converted in the middle of the season. Now with Kathy Johnson, it'd be a different story with Kathy Johnson. Let's say he hits, let's say that we're right about like the, the fit and the skill set, and it all translates and it all looks good. in OKC. If we're right about that and he hits the pathway for him to be an OKC long-term to be on a standard contract, would be a scenario like this playing out. If Keontae Johnson hits, could you maybe take, you know, two role players who you like, but you know, they're, they're two role players, throw in a sweetener or two of like second round picks or whatever. And you cash in two role players that are good. Plus some picks or a sweetener or whatever you want to throw in for one really good rotational piece like one extraordinary rotational piece. Top of the chart, top of your you know bench unit kind of guy. It's where you've traded in two or three roster spots for one, and so you get back that really good, you know, you get back that extraordinarily good piece for a couple good pieces, and then you convert Kathy Johnson to a standard deal because he can fill in the gaps of the depth you lost in that trade. And then from there, you sign Keontae to a Sam Pressy special, which is that three-year deal where the second and third years are partially guaranteed and the non-guaranteed um, or including an option. He has to prove it, obviously. Like, this is all for not if he doesn't prove it. But I think he has the juice, and I think that this would be a pathway to him getting, you know, getting the, the standard contract. It would be realizing he's good, Realizing he's good enough to to supplement some of that depth loss in a trade, and then making a trade where you consolidate some of your role players for a really good, really good rotation piece. So you consolidate some of your good for great, and then you move in Keontae Johnson to that depth spot where you've lost out on. To me, that's really the only path for him to be on a standard deal because the roster is so full, and because it's not only full this year, but you're going to have uh, you know picks in the future that are going to be. Uh, vying for or jostling for spots on this roster. 
And, you know, next year you might have three first round picks where you can't stash them on a two-way deal. Uh, so obviously you need to make a trade at that point too. So the way for Kante Johnson to pan out would be kind of a consolidation trade. where You consolidate a couple of good bench pieces for one really, really good one. And then Keontae fills in the gap on the depth. But I think it can happen. I think it can happen closer to the deadline. And that's why I think the Thunder want to remain flexible with what they're going to do with their cap space, what they're going to do with um, their roster spots here in the next few days. I think they're going to remain flexible. Speaking of those roster spots, let's have our first Thunder roster projection. So currently right now, the Thunder have 17 guys under contract. Uh, they have one two-way, so they have 16 standard deals. And that number has to get down to 15 by opening night. As of right now, you can carry 20 guys on your roster. Uh, so that's all right. You, 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 know, you don't need to worry about it right this second, but eventually you're going to have to worry about it. So the, so the current roster is SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, J-Dub, Chet Holmgren, Kaysan Wallace, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, uh, Kenneth Williams, J-Will, Usman Jang, Poku, Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, Keontae Johnson, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Lindy Waters. Free agents right now that played for the Thunder last year, uh, Dario Saric, Jared Butler, and Olivier Saar. Decisions the Thunder have to make this offseason. Today, at some point, they have to make the decision on Lindy Waters. Uh, they can they can agree to they can agree to move this uh, deadline if they want to. But as of the second, the deadline is today, uh, and it is for the one point nine million dollars owed to uh, Lindy Waters on the team option. So the Thunder can just decline that and get rid of his roster spot, and therefore uh, they're able to kind of then be in in roster compliance already, or they could pick it up. Now I will say this. No matter what they do today with Lindy Waters, it doesn't it doesn't determine anything. It, it is no indicator of anything. Even if they pick up his team option, it's only $1.9 million. And somebody has to get cut in October. So you might say, hey, we're going to pick up his option. We're going to give him the $1.9 million, and then we're going to cut him. I mean, the same type of situation happened with Isaiah Roby. Uh, and you can let this linger into you know the preseason and into training camp and all that good stuff. But I will say, the last time we talked about letting it linger with Isaiah Roby, I mean, they, they just declined it, and he was picked up by the Spurs right away. Lindy Waters, I think, will have suitors as well. So it might be beneficial for both sides to just decline it because the Thunder get uh, into compliance for um, their roster, and then Lindy Waters gets on his new new team, and he gets to assimilate to them uh, pretty quickly. So that's the first decision to make. The next decision is if by the end of tomorrow, Jeremiah Robertson is on the, is on the, is on the team, his $1.9 million will get fully guaranteed. Right now, if they waived him before the end of tomorrow, uh, you can waive him and um, only, pay, only pay part of that. It gets fully guaranteed if he's on the team after tomorrow. But again, these are two numbers that are very insignificant. Uh, it's, it's significant to you and me, but to the NBA teams, it's a drop in the bucket. They can just they could cut both these guys and not care uh, for $2 million. But uh, nonetheless, that's what's on the docket today. My prediction for how this all ends and the, at the end of it all in October would be Lindy Waters is no longer on the team. The Thunder really like Lindy Waters. They really believe in him. They, they really believe he can be an NBA player, and, and, and so do all of you listening probably. But at some point, it's, you're just, it's just not the, the right timing on certain teams. So just like Isaiah Roby, he, he'll get another shot, and hopefully he, he has a better go of it than Isaiah Roby did on his second spot. But he'll get another shot, but I just don't think it's going to be in Oklahoma City. Uh, but past Lenny Waters, the other three names, you know, the other two names I think are on the hot seat would be, you know, Jeremiah Robinson and Trey Mann. 
But I think that you get more credence, you get more leeway whenever you're an actual draft pick, especially a first-round pick in Trey Mann's case. So I really think it comes down to Lindy or Jerry. And the Thunder love Lindy Waters, but mechanically it's just so much easier to to be rid of Lindy than it is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. But I really, I really would be shocked if it kind of came down to anyone but those two guys in terms of just outright cutting them. Uh, ex- expectations for this season are going to be extremely high for the fan base, and it's going to be something that cannot be tempered because of how fun last year was, and you want and remember what it was like to watch contending teams in Oklahoma City, and you want that back so bad because you got a little taste of it last year. But just as fans began to buy in last year, the season, of course, was shutting down, and uh, you know you were playing on the road for the plan and didn't get to come back home. So the fans who bought back in at the end of last year after kind of going on a little hiatus, they're you know not at the bit to, to get back out there for the start of the season. And the Thunder have one of the most fun, incredible young rosters. But how will this all shake out? After the draft and before free agency, before the offseason, before we see any potential league-changing news, as of this moment in time, what are the expectations for the Oklahoma City Thunder entering next season? What's the ceiling? What's the floor? We'll talk about that coming up. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Here's your rotation for the Thunder next year. Starting lineup, I think, will be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet Holmgren. Pretty simple. I think that your bench unit, like that you need to play heavy, heavy, heavy minutes, will be Kassan Wallace, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, Kendrick Williams, and Jay Will. Like the, I think those guys will produce the most wins for you. However... Rotationally, you still have to work in Poku. You still have to work in Usman Jang, especially. The Thunder still really believe in like Usman Jang. And you still got to work in Trey Mann if he's here. So then you're left with, hey, it's a work in progress. You know, Throughout this season, as it progresses, you put in Keontae Johnson. And then your last roster spot, Thomas Bertans, you, you put him kind of, is he still even hanging around here in that category of like, Oh yeah, this guy does play for the Thunder whenever he checks in for the first time in 15 games and and shoots, you know, three for four maybe and helps you win a ball game. That's the benefit of Thomas Pertans is that he can get hot from three, but like he's not going to be 
a staple of this rotation probably. He'll have nights where he goes DNP. He'll have a three-night stretch where he goes DNP, and then he'll play again. And then and then we'll be like, oh, yeah, they could use that shooting. And then we'll go back to DNP. It's kind of in that similar vein to Muscala and Saric uh, of what they were doing. But the hype for SGA, the, the hype for the progression of J-Dub and Josh Giddy and Jang, the hype for Chet Holmgren's debut has been over a year in the making, and you have guys like Pat Bev hyping him up on his podcast. It's all great to see the excitement back in Oklahoma City, and it's all great to see um, you know, what this team could be. And right now, we're in that spot where we're, we're allowing ourselves to envision it all going great. Oh, everyone's going to progress. Everyone's going to get better. These guys are so young, they're all going to get better. Sometimes young guys don't get better. Sometimes young guys regress. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like sometimes it doesn't go that way. So what should be the realistic expectations for this team? I think the tippity-top ceiling for this team, like everything goes right for them, would be that they play in the 4-5 series. It could be the four, it could be the five. At that point, it doesn't really matter. But they're in that four or five series where they might have home court. And then they might be the five seed. I think that there's going to be enough good NBA teams or good Western Conference teams that will bump them out of the top three. And then you're in that four or five. I think that the floor for this team is the 10th seed. Now, I... I know the West is going to be tough. And I know that on paper in a couple of weeks, you know, by the time that trades happen, free agency happens, you know, people are going to look, teams are going to look a lot better on paper. There are not 10 other teams, you know, 11 other teams I can trust to take every game of the regular season as seriously as I can trust the Thunder to take them. There are not 11 other teams who I think have the depth to withstand an 82-game season like the Thunder do. Like you, you go through that rotation again, and you know, Poku, Usman Jang, Trey Mann, Kathy Johnson, Kaysan Wallace, Isaiah Joe, Wiggins, Kenneth Williams, Jay Will. Like as long as SGA is healthy for the entire season, which obviously that's 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 the case for every team. Every team needs their best guy to be healthy. But as long as SGA is healthy for the entire season or or close to it, the Thunder can mix and match and and, and get a lot of good stuff from this team and a, and a lot of depth from this team to where they can survive in any, any two game season or better equipped to than some teams are. So again, find me the 11 teams who will take the regular season more seriously, who will, you know, try as hard as, as the Thunder do night in and night out and who will have the depth to compete for 82 games uh, to bump them out of the 10th seed. So I think that that's their floor. So either way, postseason basketball will be in Oklahoma city. And I think that the truth is oftentimes in the middle. I think that this Thunder team might be a, might be a sixth seed where like they're in the playoffs and, and they don't have to worry about the playing tournament. They might be hosting a playing tournament game, which is still an improvement from last year. So it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. My point of this is, could the Thunder win 50-plus games? They could, they could sure. You know, I think that this team is talented enough to do that. But if they don't win 50-plus games, that's not a failure. To me, a failure is missing the play-in tournament because we we forget, like, rookie big men typically do not just get out of the gate running and impacting the game at a high level. Uh, Walker Kessler did it last year, though, so um, Chet Holmgren 
could be of that elk where he's able to break that mold. And we think he is able to break that mold and he'll be an impact right away. But that's a whole group that has to gel together. That's a whole group that has to gel together and play differently than the way that they played last time. And so with the learning curve and all that and the developmental curve, they should be a playing team for sure. In my opinion, I would project them right now. If, if I had to do my preseason projections today before free agency, the Thunder are a playoff team, not a play-in team. They're going to be in the playoffs. But I just want to caution that if they don't make that plateau, it's not as though this season is a failure. So it's going to be a lot of fun the next couple of days. What's going to happen is um, free agency will open up tomorrow on Friday at um, at 5 p.m. And trades are going to break out. Signings are going to break out. It's going to be haywire for a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then the dust will settle. You know, and we'll 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 see them Thunder play in summer league starting on uh, July third, and it's just going to be awesome. It's just going to be awesome uh, to watch this team and, and watch this young these young guys play. The new CBA is also here. You can go read it if you want to. It's it's available. The NBA sent us like a PDF of it, like March I want to say, but it was like it was not the full thing. It was like just like what we knew at the time, and I I couldn't understand it. So I tried to read it again last night. Not great. I did. I will say that like. Last night was crazy for people that work like in the league. Agents told me, I had two agents tell me that like their night was shot and like it was just a crazy time and it was madness. I feel bad for them having to cram all this in before trying to go get their their clients' contracts with the new, with the new CBA construct. And then of course, teams, teams capologists and teams front office members having to pull all-nighters and, and, and cram in this content, you know, cram in this this uh, legalities and, and everything else. That's just a wild time. It's, it's so, so wild like that, that the CBA got dropped just a couple days before free agency. Uh, I will say that like I, I, the agents did say that like, Hey, this was, this was coming. Like they knew it was coming. They just didn't know when it was coming. And it came out yesterday afternoon. So if you've read the CBA, congratulations to you. Uh, it was, it was a tough read, but we did it. We got through it. So we had uh, Keith Smith on uh, last week to discuss the CBA and discuss um, all the changes in it. You can go back and listen to that on last week's podcast with Keith Smith about kind of the future of the Thunder with the new CBA. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 